Welcome back, everyone. This is The 23, and I'm Chris Kirkby. Today's guest is Jenna Nicole. Jenna is a marriage and family therapy grad student, and she has an amazing story of dealing with an incurable condition in the form of Crohn's disease, and she does it without medication. This might strike many as an odd concept, but Jenna is here to set the record straight and educate. Jenna, welcome to The 23. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share my story with you all. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Um, and, um, yeah. The ins and outs, are good, I'm no doubt, are going to, going to be fascinating. I'm yeah. just cu- curious, Jenna, like you're in, you're in, Cal- you're in California, so thanks for, for joining us. It's the, the morning there for you. Um, when you think, like, when I, I know what I think of as a person who's uh, only been to California once, I know what I think mm-hmm. of when I think of California, the, the more cliche things like the sun and the sand and the sea. What, what, <laughs> does it, what would a, a person that lives in California, what do you think when you think of California? Traffic. <laughs> lots and lots of traffic. Um, but, but there are, there are some great aspects to California. If I were to describe it to somebody that has never been, um, you know, I used to live in a place where it would take you an hour to get to the mountains to get to snow, right? Um, an hour to San Diego, um, about an hour and a half to LA and 30 minutes to the beach, you know, so you get different scenery, you know, depending on, you know, what you want to do. It's, it's just, it's, it's lovely. The weather's lovely and there's a lot of activities in California that, um, that, you know, that, that should be experienced, you know, and should be taken advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got to admit, I'm a little bit eager to get into this because it's a topic I find fascinating. Anytime people are doing things against the norm, especially when it regards the way we approach our health, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely important for people to have a platform to share. So mm-hmm. I think it's an easy one, this one. Let's start with the story, Jen. Let's start with your story to do with, with the Crohn's, if you don't. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot um, in this story. Um, and I've grown a lot too, you know, when you go through, um, a big, um, like a big thing like this in life, you know, you, you come out of it or, you know, you, you grow into a different person. So, um, let's start with, um, 2015. Okay. So I was 21. Um, and I was a, a very anxious person, Um, I was go, 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 got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. I was always like, you know, always, always having to like do something right. Keeping my mind completely occupied all the time. You know, I never had any downtime. Um, and what finally happened, what I believe was my body finally just said enough, enough, because how I was dealing with my stress was I was swallowing it. You know, I wasn't dealing with it. Um, and so, uh, I would say about October of 2015, I started to notice I was getting just odd symptoms and I, I like, you know, I was running to the restroom a lot and, um, I'm going to do my best not to get like too graphic with things, but you know, when you talk about GI tracts, you know, you have to use the words like bowel and, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, um, so yeah, I was running to the restroom a lot. Um, my intestinal tract became very inflamed and I just thought to myself like, oh, you know, maybe I'm, you know, I can't digest something, you know, maybe it's something I ate or, you know, maybe I'm just sick. And I, I just kept brushing it off. I kept brushing it off. Um, and then there's this weird occurrence, like where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would get this like bulge on like my right lower abdomen. And then I would just have to run to the restroom and, I was up all night, you know, I wasn't getting much sleep because I was in so much pain. So I have a pretty high pain tolerance too. And wrapping your head around um, having a chronic illness um, is a lot, you know, and it's not like where uh, people's mindset, you know, usually goes because, you know, you know, when you have a chronic illness, it's kind of like onset and then you're like, oh, 
well, I have a chronic illness. You know, a lot of us are used to um, like getting sick and then just getting over it. You know, things just kind of resolving themselves or, you know, you go to the doctor and you get um, medication. So I, I just thought of this as like, this is something that's going to resolve on its own, but it didn't. Um, so, you know, it progressively got worse. Um, I, I got really, really skinny um, I was down to like 110, 115, which is pretty thin for me. Um, and I, I couldn't eat, you know, I barely had any energy. And then it was in February. Like, uh, I remember actually I was admitted to the hospital on Valentine's day. I'll never forget that. But, um, there was like this week. Okay. There was a week where I remember Monday, I remember Sunday, I, I just was in agonizing pain. So Monday I called my doctor and she was just completely booked, booked. And she couldn't get me in. Um, I explained the situation um, over the phone. So then, you know, I went to her office and she gave me some blood work and um, she told me to go um, make an appointment with um with the imaging center, go, go get a CT scan down the hall. Well, I couldn't get into a CT scan for a month and a half. Um, and there was a lot of transition at that time with, uh, the American healthcare system. So that kind of, um, added to why I couldn't get into my doctor, get a CT scan, um, in a timely manner. Um, and then what happened after that? So uh, throughout the week, uh, I was getting progressively worse and I was still trying to, you know, push it off, try not to think about it. And I, I just, I, it got to a point where I literally couldn't even pick myself up off the floor. I know we've probably all have felt faint spells. This was, this was like, you know, when you get up and then you feel like, Whoa, I got to sit back down. You know, you get a little lightheaded. No, this was like way different. Like I would literally lose my vision as I was standing up. It was that bad. Yeah. Well, what was running uh, through your mind, Jenna, when you, you know, when you, if you got to that place and thankfully I've never been to that place where I, you know, maybe one mm -hmm. bout of food poisoning, but I've never been to that place where I couldn't get off the floor. What was running through your mind in terms of, you know, what was next for you at that point? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, for me, I, I had a lot of things going on through my head because one, um, I, I, I was fearful and I didn't, I wasn't ready to deal with it yet too. I was, um, in my undergrad and I, you know, I, I remember having like tests that week and I was freaking out that I wasn't going to be able to get to, you know, my tests on time or whatever. I, my mind was not in the right mindset. It just wasn't, but again, like it got progressively worse. So, um, I'm going to answer that question in just a second again, because yeah. what I need to explain is on, it was Wednesday, you know, when I started to feel those faint spells, I was like, I was telling my mom and, you know, we ended up at one ER again, there was a lot of transition in the American healthcare system. So, um, a lot of places were just flooded with people. Um, and we, we couldn't go to that ER cause it was so busy. We had to go to another ER and they dismissed me saying I had woman problems, woman problems. And I was so distraught leaving because I was just in so much pain. And then like having it's, it's, I feel burdened, like having my family involved, you know, and especially when you hear from a doctor, you know, oh, well, it's just woman problems. Like here's some medication, go home you know, and then I see myself getting progressively worse. So the, after, after I was dismissed, um, by the second ER I went to, that's when I was like, you know what? Like I, I, I need to stick up for myself. Otherwise, like I'm, I'm going to get worse. I was getting scared because by the day I was getting progressively worse. It was by Friday Friday, I knew, like I knew something was wrong. And at this point, I'm panicky. I'm doing, you know, the dumbest thing ever, which is, I shouldn't say dumbest thing, but you know, like how some of us may <laughs> look up things on WebMD and then you think, oh my goodness, like, you know, it's the end of the world, you know, and, and, and so I shouldn't have done that. But anyways, so I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. 
Um, so, so by the end of the week, that's when I knew, you know what, this is, this is something really serious. This is something really serious. You know, it's not, it's not just a stomach bug or something like that. Um, it's something serious. So, uh, with that being said, my mom had to get involved and she had to call, um, my doctor back. And the nice thing about my insurance is, um, in America, you have either PPOs or HMOs. HMOs, you have to get a referral um, from your primary care physician before you can go to um, a specialist. And if you have a PPO, you can just go to whatever doctor you want, um, as long as they're in network. So with that being said, um, I, my mom and I are trying to call GIs, trying to call GIs. You know, we, we tried the ER and now we're like, okay, what do we do? Um, you know, so we called, um, my doctor back and explained the situation and she gave me a list of GIs to try to get a hold of. And we finally got a hold of one, um, uh, on a 3 PM uh, on a Friday at 3 PM. Um, and he got me, uh, or, you know, he's pushing around my, you know, my stomach and he could definitely tell like something's definitely off. Something's definitely off. He gets me into an emergency MRI at 5 p.m. right as like the place is closing. Oh my goodness, he was like my saving angel. Oh my goodness. Um, and this is this is the hard part for me to talk about because this was probably the sickest I have ever been. Like I was deathly ill. I was deathly ill. Um, and I'm so grateful for this doctor. So, you know, we're not even 10 minutes away from the imaging center, and he gives me a call and he's like, yeah, your GI tract is definitely all inflamed. And at this point, I wasn't told I had Crohn's disease. All I was told was it's really inflamed. Um, I'm going to give you some painkillers and I'm going to give you some antibiotics. And the reason for the antibiotics is because um, there's something called C. diff, which is a bacterial infection in your GI tract. And um, it usually happens to people that are immune compromised. So he wanted to try that, and then we were going to schedule a colonoscopy and endoscopy, um, but I couldn't even make it through the weekend. I couldn't make it through the weekend. I remember calling, or my mom called him Sunday at 3 a.m., and, you know, we, we, were, we were, I don't want to say traumatized, but I guess that's kind of the right word. We were just, we didn't know what to do at this point, you know? I couldn't go to my doctor. We went to two ERs. I'm, I'm... I'm, I'm in so much pain. And then I, I felt bad for my mom because I could tell she was frustrated. And I kind of grew up in a family environment where it's like, Oh, suck it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like we weren't really big about showing our emotions. So when I'm showing how much agony and pain I was in, she knew like something is up. Something's definitely up. So we call him um, at 3 a.m. on a Sunday, and he says, go to Hogue in Newport Beach, which is about 40, 45 minutes from my house. And it's like in the nice, rich area um, of Orange County. So we went there, and um, I, th- I don't remember what they did. I think they did another MRI. Oh, no, no, they, they talked to the GI that I saw. Um, on the phone, and then I was admitted for a week, and that was an interesting experience. And you know, it's it's scary because I don't know what's going on with my body. You know, I don't. No one's telling me what's going on, um, and now I'm hearing terms that I had never heard before: inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease. You know, I'm hearing my family members say, oh gosh, I hope it's not Crohn's disease and all these other things. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, doctors um, that are saying I am going to have to be on medication for the rest of my life. Um, I think one of the biggest moments for me in the hospital was, you know, waking up from my procedures, the endoscopy and colonoscopy, and just seeing this very like, I don't want to say like serious. Like I could just tell like this doctor did not want to like present the news to me. But I remember literally waking up from anesthesia with my dad right by my side 
his doctor looks at me and he's like showing me my pictures and he's like, you are very inflamed. You have Crohn's disease. And I just start crying because, well, first, like I'm still kind of loopy. Secondly, because, you know, it was this buildup of like, oh gosh, I hope you don't have Crohn's disease. And then now I have a disease that I'd never even heard of, you know? Um, I honestly didn't even know what an autoimmune disorder was before I had one. Um, so with that being said, um, after I was diagnosed, uh, I was put on Humira. Um, however, uh, I don't, I don't know how they do it in other countries, but I know in, in America, a nurse is, I, I think she, yeah, she's supposed to come to your house and show you how to inject inject Humira. And Humira is a biologic. Okay. So it's something that suppresses your immune system. Well, for Crohn's disease, I think the starting dose is either two or three. Yeah. Two or three. And then, um, your second week. So it's every other week, right? So you wait two weeks, you do two. And then after that, it's just one dose every week. Well, no one explained that to me. I was just told to call, you know, my, uh, specialty pharmacy, and they would, you know, ship me out Humira. So I didn't start Humira correctly. Therefore, so um, if you have rheumatoid arthritis, they usually start you on one injector. But if you have Crohn's, it's like a gradual process to get to one. It's like, I need some water. So um, with that being said, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I had to figure out how to inject medication <laughs> into my side. Um I got over my fear of needles very quickly. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I, you, you get put on prednisone, um, which is a corticosteroid. And, oh, my goodness, <laughs> roid rage, you get, like, really anxious or, you know, I would cry for no reason. Or, you know, some people get, like, a really swollen face or they break out or they want to eat a bunch of food. Um, and then I was also going through grief. You know, I, I remember being first, you know, when I was first diagnosed denial, I was like, it it was like my brain couldn't, um, couldn't like understand this chronic illness because, you know, I was so used to being well, you know? So it's like, I don't have this, like, you know, I don't need this medication. I'd be fine, you know, but no. Um, so what is it? Denial, anger. Yeah. I was angry. You know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Bargaining, you know, I started to think about, you know, well, you're, let me, let me backtrack for a second. You know, you're told, uh, they don't know what causes autoimmune disorders. They think it could be genetic. It could be environmental stress, uh, environmental, um, factors, stressors, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I started blaming myself, like what could I have done, you know, that could have created this or, you know, if I did this differently, you know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have this. Um, let's see what else. So, uh, depression. I remember going through a depression. Um, and then I don't know if you ever really fully get to an acceptance, you know, cause it's, I, how do I explain it? You know, it's something that you're dealing with on a daily basis. So it's not something that you could just ever like fully like be like, okay, this is, this is my new normal. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you kind of just have to like hold on to, you know, a burden that you just kind of have to hold on to. And part of it has become a bit of your identity. It's not who you are, but it is a bit of your identity. You know, like I have a Crohn's community and I wouldn't have met them, you know, without having Crohn's disease or, you know, I think about the, um, the amount of strength I have because of, you know, my journey with Crohn's. So anyways, um, back to my story. So I was hospitalized for a week. I was put on Humira. Um, that didn't work. I ended up in the hospital again. Um, and so now they were going to put me on Humira and 6MP. Um, I, I've, I've been told that 6MP is actually um, a, a, a better drug than biologics. Um, but it's... Uh, low dose, um, chemo drug and they actually use it for a specific kind of cancer. I can't remember at the moment. So, I mean, even though like I've heard like, you know, it's, it's, 
it's better than taking a biologic. It still kind of freaked me out. Um, to get off 6MP, you have to like stop taking it for six months. Like say if I wanted to get pregnant, I would have to stay off of it for six months. But just the fact that I know that I have chemo in my body still kind of freaks me out. So, um, uh, so I tried Humira and 6MP. Um, that didn't work. I um, ended up in the hospital again. Now, uh, mind you, uh, I was on a lot of prednisone. And um, prednisone is, I don't want to say it's a miracle drug, but like definitely like when you're in a flare-up, prednisone helps. You know, there were times that like I was doing great on prednisone and then I would feel like, this is when I was still in my denial stage, you know, I would feel normal. So then I would like try to stop taking the, I would, yeah, I would try to stop taking the prednisone and um, my flare-ups would come back right away. So, um, so I was on prednisone a lot and uh, uh, the crummy part about prednisone is it does cause arthritis and I, I, I do have arthritis in my knees. Um, from all that prednisone I took. All right. So now we're into 2017. All right. So I tried Humira and 6MP. I ended up in the hospital again. So um, my doctor said, hey, let's switch you to Stellara. Stellara is supposed to be the latest and greatest biologic and a lot of people um, do well on it. And so Stellara is a little bit different. The first um, dose is through an um, IV infusion. Um, so you have to like go to, um, an infusion center and then they do your loading dose that way. And then every six weeks you just give yourself a shot, um, which is a little more convenient than Humira, which is every other week. Um, it was also less painful too. Uh, I think you get options with Humira, but the one that they gave me was, um, like a push, like a push pen type thing. Um, I've heard they actually have made it less painful. Uh, they put like some citric, citrulline or something like that in it. So it doesn't, it's not as painful. Whereas Stellar is just a, a syringe, um, tiny syringe. But anyways, so I had an allergic reaction to Stellara. My joints hurt. Really, like I started getting nerve pain and it was really, really bad. And I knew it was Stellara. Because, um, well, I, I went to a room. Um, and secondly, um, I never had nerve pain this bad. And it would get worse, like, after I did my Stellara um, infusion. So I was so fed up with biologics at this point. And my mom wasn't a big proponent of me being on them either. So I'm grateful that, you know, she kind of gave me some wiggle room while, you know, I was in college to kind of figure out uh, what is the best approach for me, you know? Um, so I tried going the holistic route where I was focusing on my diet and I spent a bunch of money on supplements and I, 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 by the way, throughout all of this, I've been very active. So like exercise is definitely something that I've always like have done. Like even when I was first diagnosed, I was a group fitness instructor and I did that up until last year. But anyways, so I was like, you know, maybe I can make adjustments in my diet because everybody keeps saying, you know, oh, this makes me flare up. Oh, that makes me flare up. Maybe it's diet. Well, part of it is part of it is somewhat diet. However, um, I would say that I, I, I wasn't like symptom free. I was still like my, my intestines and my GI tract were still burning and I like, you know, and I didn't have normal bowel movements and stuff like that. I wouldn't say at that time, like I was severely inflamed like I was in the past, but I day to day, I did not feel well, you know? And so I ended up going to a room. I ended up seeing an integrative doctor. Um, and then I ended up seeing a pain management doctor because I was just, my, my joint pain was really bad. Um, I, I just have it in my um, left knee now and I'll talk about why in a second. So Solar didn't work. I had an allergic reaction. I actually went to my GI doctor <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I want off these biologics. I want off my meds. And his eyes literally almost popped out of his body. And he was like, do you not realize how sick you were? And I'm like, you know what? Like, 
either way, I feel sick. You know, I don't feel good on the biologics. And when I'm off of them, I don't feel well either, you know? So I, I, I knew, I knew I took a risk, but I had to, to learn. And I don't recommend this for everybody, but I'm going to tell you what I did learn to manage my Crohn's disease, because I don't want you to go through the same mistakes that I did. And then, you know, so, um, the integrative stuff, I, what I took away from that was helpful for sure, but there was what people fail to, um, acknowledge or address sometimes is the mental health aspects. Um, and so that, that's a really big part of autoimmune diseases, or in my opinion, I should say in my opinion, but I mean, I've done some research here and there, but anyway, so <clears throat> I had to take a, um, let's call it like a well-rounded or like a holistic approach to managing my Crohn's disease. All right. So I was still dealing with the joint pain. You know, I still wasn't feeling well. My pain management doctor, um, just, he, he didn't even like want anything to do with me. You know, he tried platelet rich plasma on my knees that didn't work. He tried cortisone shots that didn't work. And I, I, I was so frustrated, you know, and I went back to my room for help, my rheumatologist and, um, he switched me over to another pain management doctor and she is, amazing. You know, she, she didn't throw pills at me. Um, and she didn't give up on me. And I really like, I, she's, she's like been my save, like she's been my, she's been my saving grace really. So, um, what she did was when I first saw her, I remember I was just in tears. I was in tears. I was just in so much pain. I didn't know what to do. I was depressed because I tried the medications the doctors told me to, you know, I tried the holistic approach or the, you know, uh, yeah, like a naturopathic integrative approach. I didn't know what to do. So what she recommended was, why don't we try um, umbilical cord blood stem cell infusions? And she's like, you know, I don't, I think it will work um, not only for your knees, but also for your Crohn's disease. So we did some research, my mom and I, they're very expensive. Um, but oh my goodness, like they have been a lifesaver for me. So I got my first and, and I'm doing other things as well, but let me talk about the stem cells and then I'll talk about everything else. So I definitely think the stem cells, um, like calmed down my immune system. Um, so it wasn't like, attacking itself. And it, it didn't happen right away. You know, it was, it was definitely a gradual process. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen Joe Rogan's, um, Joe Rogan's, uh, podcast about stem cells. I think it, it's with Mel Gibson. I could be wrong about that. I don't, I, but I yeah. I've seen that episode. No, I, um, I'm familiar. Okay. I've heard a couple of people talk about it actually. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Mm. So, um, you know, after every dose, you do feel a little better. So I got two doses and I was, I was recommended to get three, but there's $6,500 each, you know? So, um, two has been great. So the first one I got, um, was September of 2018. Um, and then I got a second one by, um, another wellness center cause they gave me a discount. They did it for 4,500, same company, um, same amount, same everything. He just, he kind of had a, he had a different connection with the, um, with the merchandiser, whatever, you know, with the company. So, um, I get a lot of questions about stem cells and I've, I used to talk about them quite often. I guess I just don't now because I don't know what to say anymore unless, you know, someone wants to chit chat about it, but I do have it up on my, um, Instagram. So, uh, my second one was in January of 2019. And so far I've been doing great. I really haven't had a major flare up. I have had like, uh, things I kind of need to watch out for like foods, like definitely like we'll get like my GI track going. And so I kind of have to like, you know, just watch foods here and there too much of it, you know, like kind of overloads my system. And, you know, I start to get symptoms, but I haven't had anything that, that has been like severe to the extent that like I have to go to the hospital. So I will say that like stem cells definitely like 
suppress, I don't want to say suppress my immune system, but you know, it like calmed down the autoimmune disorder symptoms. Um, the only thing that, you know, is a shame that is left is this joint pain. And I think it's from all of the prednisone that I took and some of it's nerve pain too. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that it it happened, um, around the same time that I was taking Stellara. So, but that being said, um, how I manage my Crohn's disease now is, you know, I've been going to therapy for uh, two or three years now. Um, and I had to deal with a lot of my emotional baggage. Um, and what I mean by that is just I, ha- I was holding on to a lot of trauma and I wasn't dealing with it. And my way of dealing with it was swallowing it, you know, and of course I exercised, um, but that wasn't enough. You know, I wasn't dealing with the trauma. So for me, what I believe was happening was all that trauma was, was just sitting in my body. And then finally it just, you know, presented itself as Crohn's disease, you know, and your gut is connected to your brain it is yeah. you know and yeah. so um jenna, when, I, jenna we're just sorry just just before just to jump back a tiny little step when you sorry, say yeah. when you say trauma do you mean the trauma of of of, of living through the the condition or do you mean mm. like things that preceded um family type issues stuff like that um but yeah i know there's there's definitely trauma from going through um for through being diagnosed as well, you know, like the, I, I, I get anxiety every single time. Like, you know, I pass a hospital because I think of all the, you know, crummy times I've had, or I've been dismissed, you know, and I was really, really sick. So, yeah. um, yeah, you can add that to the equation, but sorry. Uh, what was the most for you then, um, when you uh, did uh, going through the therapy and what would you think in your, in your opinion has been the most significant breakthrough in dealing with, what any of the given traumas that you've been trying to process? Okay. One of the biggest, um, that's a good question. Well, I think, I think I'm definitely more introspective for sure. Um, I guess what, what I, so let me backtrack for a second so then I can explain to you. So what I started noticing after I was getting the stem cell infusions was, uh, my my emotional trauma wasn't coming out in physical symptoms anymore. So I wasn't focusing so much on the physical as I was the emotional. And then I realized, okay, so th- this is this is who I am, and this is who I kind of need to come into contact with. Um, I'm very uh, like hypersensitive to people's emotions. Um, I'm empathic, and so what I was noticing was. Um, I like in a work setting, I get really like exhausted around people or, um, I'm picking up on people's emotions and and then I feel a certain way. It was, it was weird, you know? So I, I went to therapy to figure out why am I like this? And a lot of it had to do with coping mechanisms that I picked up as a kid because I kind of grew up in an environment where, um, people didn't know how to regulate their emotions. And so there was a lot of yelling and screaming and stuff like that. So I ha- I learned how to like read body language and, um, listen to tones, fluctuations, stuff like that to know if the room was, um, safe to walk into or not. And so it was something that I was doing subliminally and I, I didn't even know it. So yeah, that, that's, that's what my body was holding on to is, is just stress all the time. Like a, a constant alert, I guess you could say. It's really interesting yeah. that you, when you say, you know, the, the, the descriptive word you use was empathic. And when we first, um, when we first initiated contact, when I approached you to come on the 23, it was really, really strange. I, like, I, I get similar things to you. I can feel, feel emotions in rooms and I can often become drained or sucked into it. I have to be very, very, very careful. Um, yeah. But one thing that was really apparent to me when just a couple of messages back and forth with you, I thought I just immediately thought this girl's heart is massive. And it, oh, thank it was, you. No, it's true. It, it, it was very difficult, very difficult again, difficult to describe and, and articulate, but there was something about the exchange that would, I think we were cutting through any layers of bullshit. I would think it was two people trying to help. Right. Them. 
And I was, right. I was like, she's totally on the same page. So then naturally I checked out a little bit more of your profile and it just reaffirmed what I already interpreted from those messages. And I'm like, this girl is seriously on a mission to help people. So, you know, the, it was interesting. You. you said you wanted to yeah. talk, talk about why am I like this? And I think we've all asked ourselves that question. Well, if we haven't, we probably should. Um, Absolutely. But, the fact that you say, why am I like this? And I could hear a little bit of pain in your voice there because you were probably going back to that question at the time. But sure, I'm hoping now that you're realizing that you're like this so you can basically give your gift to everybody else, you know? That is beautifully stated. Thank you so much for your compliments. And you're right. You're right. Um, I, I picked up that you genuinely want to help people as well, you know? Um, And yeah, I do have a really big heart and, you know, my purpose in life is to help others. It really is. Like I've always gravitated towards professions that allow me to help others. You know, this is why, you know, I'm pursuing my master's in marriage and family therapy because I genuinely want to help people any way that I can, you know, but I've noticed that like, I feel like I make the biggest impact by, um, sharing my story um, you know, my journey or, um, you know, just, just through knowledge, you know, through experience, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's where my calling is and where I, I feel like I can make the biggest impact in people's lives. Okay. So when you talk about, I mean, I, um, my, my wife has a, a few friends that, um, have Crohn's as well. And, and she, mm. she often gets that upset that they have to suffer the, the, the what you call flare ups. Um, mm. And you know, so what do they call them? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. A, they call a, them what? a flare up. Um, oh, okay, okay. I thought, I thought you called them something different. Sorry. No, it's just it's just my uh, UK Northern dialect ignorance. <laughs> um, sorry. How how do you now that you're med free? How do you now manage the flare ups? Because I know that they can be inevitable with uh, stress mm-hmm. that will trigger you. How does that yeah. manage that now? Um, I haven't had a a major flare up. I've had like scares, you know? So like, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I don't know for me now, um, anytime I feel like I'm getting flare up, like I stress myself out, like crud. No, I hope, I hope this isn't a flare up, but, um, I have my, um, prednisone on hand just in case. And I usually monitor it. Um, I think I've had like one or two times where I thought I was in a flare up. So, um, I'll take like a 10 milligram prednisone like once or twice a day and then just taper that off to see if, you know, the inflammation goes away. So that, that's emergency, you know, um, but it doesn't it's happen like once or twice, you know, and that was just cause I didn't know if it was a flare up or not. So, so yeah, I just felt like it started. On the subject of the prednisone, you said that, you know, you mm-hmm. gave, it gave you arthritis and mm. you said, but you said it's it's only the left knee now. So what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So um, what happened was um, ablations are kind of interesting. Um, they have they go into your knee with these long needles. Oh my goodness, Ugh. long needles, and they burn the nerve. So you have to go through two blocks where they put like um, like a numbing numbing agent in your knee to see if it'll work. And then they give you a pain diary. Like, how is your pain this hour, this hour, this, you know, one through 10, whatever. Um, and it worked in my right knee, which feels great, but my left knee, for some reason, it didn't take, it just didn't take, I don't know. And we've, we've tried two ablations on it and the ablations are supposed to last, I think like six to nine months, but my right knee has lasted uh, for quite a while yeah over a year now so um and, yeah and even with and even with the um with the with the the, the still with the issue with the the, the left knee are mm-hmm. you still managing to to keep up your exercise because i know earlier you when you were telling your story you said that you know the exercise is really important so do you still manage yeah. to do so oh yeah oh yeah 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 i exercise for sure um I, I, you know, because of COVID, you know, it's been kind of hard because all the gyms now have to work out outside in California. So what I did was I actually bought all of the equipment that, you know, I need for a gym. So um, I actually have to go pick that up from my parents' house. But right now I have um, adjustable dumbbells and a kettlebell. 
Um, I'm waiting on bumper plates, uh, a barbell. I'm excited, and it's all going to be pink. <laughs> don't, pink forget, and don't forget, you also have a, a, a living weighted item in the form of your dog. I've seen you doing. I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know we need a, my boyfriend and I need to come up with like a corgi workout. <laughs> corgi <impressed>. squats. <laughs> I'm more impressed that, um, that the, the dog stays still. If I tried to do it, that with my golden <gasps> retriever, he would be wriggling, trying to wrestle me, fight me. Um, oh every, gosh, time yeah. I, every time I go down to ground level, He's yeah. like, oh, it's playtime. It doesn't matter if I'm actually trying to rest. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny that uh, Finley uh, respects me. He doesn't respect my boyfriend. He always wants to do playtime with him. You know, like if, you know, my boyfriend gets out the leash, he runs to the room, you know, thinking it's, you know, it's playtime. But me, he's like, oh, mom, mom means business. And he's like super smart. I taught him like, 12 tricks. I, I thought I was going to take him to doggy school. And then I was off for the summer because I was working in the school district. And so I was like, you know what? Let's try it. Like, and I was used to dachshunds who are super stubborn, super stubborn, really hard to like get them to, you know, uh, it's really hard to teach them a trick and for them to like retain the trick. So yeah, Finley is, is a gem. Oh my goodness. Smart dog. I, I recommend Corgis for everybody. Oh my goodness. They're great. They're great little dogs. Yeah. Golden Retrievers are great too. They're supposed to be a really good, a good dog too. Yeah. I, I, well, I wouldn't swap him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Anybody, <laughs> anybody who knows me and uh, knows how much I love my dog, probably uh, oh. maybe a bit too much, some would say, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Never I'm, too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I am curious because especially mm-hmm. to talk about the mental health aspect aspect of Crohn's. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. It's because sometimes I, I'm, I'm actually staggered by the amount of people that have um, ongoing conditions, some serious, some not so serious. Mm-hmm. But I'm staggered by the amount of people that don't take into account the impact of stress on your body and how yeah. it manifests itself physically. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the mental health aspect and how that actually impacts what's going on with your body. Well, I think there's definitely a lack of education. So if we're looking at it from an autoimmune disorder standpoint, um, like I said before, you know, you're told that um, it's, we don't know what causes an autoimmune disease. It could either be genetic or environmental stressors. So when, you know, or environmental factors, and I think environmental factors, I think like things out of my control, like mold or, I don't know, something like that, that is out of my control. You know, my, it's in my environment, but there's nothing I can really do about it. Then that's, that's what it correlated to in my mind. So I also think that, um, what we tend to do when we have like an autoimmune disease is our mind and body are connected. Therefore, uh, when we're stressed, you know, uh, our symptoms are going to present in a physical way. So it's hard to focus on the mental when you don't have the physical under control, you know? So you're just constantly dealing with the physical and you're never getting to that, you know, mental component. You know, it takes, uh, you know, a conscious effort to um, work on your mental health and realize that, you know, your Crohn's disease is, um, you know, correlated to your mental health. So I think it's just how Western medicine is, unfortunately. It's more about um, treating the symptoms than, you know, dealing with the problem. You know, they're, they're used to just, um, they're good for emergency medicine. But, you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to find an approach that is long-term and long-lasting, Western medicine isn't the best way to go unfortunately. And, you know, even on social media, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I have the unpopular opinion (laughs) and I'm okay with that. And what I mean by that is I do a lot of research before I just, you know, jump into something. And when I told people, I'm going to try stem cells and I'm going to be very honest about my journey with you guys, whether if, whether it's, it's a failure or, you know, it's progress. 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. And so people were following me for quite a while because they were, they were excited. Like, how is she doing? How is she doing? How is she doing? And one thing I do want to clarify, um, a question I get asked often about stem cells is how often do you get them? And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. It's not like a biologic where you have to go every so often, you know, um, get another biologic, you know, or, uh, I don't know, inject yourself with the biologic. It doesn't work like that. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You, you get enough stem cell infusions until you get back to a place of a new normal, but I don't, I don't want to say like, I hate saying new normal. Cause I don't, I, I still have an autoimmune disorder. I just don't feel like, um, my autoimmune disorder, um, is, is of is in is in control of me the way that I used to you know it's it's more manageable now now that I've had stem cells if that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah and yeah with regard to you know you say your opinion is not the the popular one but one mm. th- one thing I often see right. in when it comes to health is the un- mm-hmm. the unpopular opinion is quite often the one that's not as profitable right uh, oh yeah so yeah I'm keen to say what. What do you think the impact of the pharmaceutical industry and how they market and um, promote products? How do you think that actually impacts the level of education? Oh my god! A different route? Okay, uh, you guys. Let me ask you. You guys don't have uh, like medication commercials, correct? Like on your TV? That's correct. Um, yeah, we, we they're not allowed in the UK. Okay, I think it's America. There's like one of two countries. One of two countries, you might have to check me on that. But I know that there's a very uh, minimal amount of countries that actually allow medication commercials on TV. And they're such a joke. They're a freaking joke because, you know, let's take uh, Humira, for example. Uh, you know, oh, you know, I felt horrible. And then, you know, after I started taking Humira and then, you know, she's like skipping at the park with her daughter or some weird stuff. And then you get this long list of, oh, you know, uh, you know, drug can do this, da, 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 may cause death, may cause cancer, may cause this, that, 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 that. It's like, really? Like, it's just ridiculous how it's marketed to us. Um, and, and yeah, no, if I... <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that we have cures for things. But of course, big food makes you sick and big pharma keeps you sick. That's how they make their money. Sorry, that's my opinion. As you know, of no, course, I got to say this. You, you, know, you know what, Jenna? It's not something, uh, not a concept that I'm, that I'm unaware of. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, think, I think people are quite often um, try to maybe... Uh, justify something you know say look i'm not a conspiracy theorist just for having an alternative opinion because you like you say right. the alternative opinion often gets shut down and that's not right that's not right because that's not freedom of speech so absolutely but the one thing that i, I think it is interesting i don't know if you ever have you ever looked into it but the way that um when the rockefeller foundation started to in uh, really really influence the pharmaceuticals and the medical sector that's when the mm-hmm. game started to really change when they did the flexure report and they almost dismissed homeopathy and um, nutrition as solid means for uh, illness prevention or cure wow uh, i did not know this but wow yeah it doesn't surprise me because i do a lot of yeah it's worth a look it, well, i think the, yeah. the it all started around 1908 i believe so uh, have a little look yeah. i think as somebody who's gone down the route you have you might find that element yeah. interesting well, I do a lot of research into the Rothschilds and Rockefellers because, you know, I do look into um, a lot of, we'll call it conspiracy theory type stuff, allegedly, you know. So um, that that's interesting to know. I, I do, is it the, the Rothschilds that um, own quite a few of the banks? Um, uh, so, yeah, no, I know. I, is, who is in charge of the... Um, the big farm again was it Rockefeller? You said Rockefeller. They, they started. They started the. I can't forget the name of the the institute or the foundation. But what happened is, I remember that J D Rockefeller started investing in um, and and changed the way that doctors were certified in America. And, wow! And because of his um, philanthropy, um, he gave I think something like a hundred million ideology. Yeah, That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm just. I'm joking with you. 
but no, yes, I, no, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, <laughs> and it was something like a hundred million dollars uh, to, to start. ridiculous. And then that's when the rise of um, sort of pharmaceuticals started to dominate the, um, you know, what now would be labeled alternative and non-scientific. Um, wow. It was them that started to coin, coin those phrases, which I think is a real shame because right. with the advances of modern medicine combined with those other factors, you know, you could Correct. have a lot of happier, healthier people. But granted, there's not always the money in the, uh, in the other. Right. Well, you know, uh, when I saw an integrative doctor, uh, that was kind of interesting because it, first off, this doctor, uh, I don't know if you know the difference between like HMO and PPO in America. I think I briefly yeah, said yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, this doctor took PPO and they're kind of similar to naturopaths. The difference is they actually get a, a like um, their medical doctor, but it's an integrative medicine and it's a mixture of Western and like homeopathic or naturopathic type things. Like it was really cool. Um, I got a, like a heavy metal detox. Um, they were helping cancer patients there with like really, really high vitamin C. I'm not saying like the, the cancer patients were probably doing something else as well, but it was like complementary to Western medicine, if that makes sense, you yeah. know? So, you know, and they were, they were giving you a diet plan. They were, you know, providing you a supplements, like your blood work. They were like doing everything. And it's a really cool, really cool experience. I'm really glad I did it. So, cool. yeah. So yeah. What's the, what do you think is the, um, the biggest overall challenge of, of dealing with Crohn's for you? Oh, that's a good question. The big overall challenge. I mean, it depends. I think that like, you know, obviously when I'm in a flare up, it's, um, actually, you know, I know what the big overall, the, the struggle is now that I don't have flare ups as often, I should say it's, you know, this experience has really taught me, um, the importance of being introspective and, um, you know, learning about yourself because, I have to look at my Crohn's journey. You know, I, I know a lot of people, especially in the autoimmune disorder community, don't like hearing everything happens for a reason. But I do believe it was kind of like my eye-opening experience to say like, hey, you know, you need to work on you. You need to be the best version of you. You know, stop allowing, you know, the world to dictate who you are or stop allowing these kinds of things to affect you. You know, so I have had to grow as a person. Otherwise, I'm going to be debilitated, not only by my mental health, but my physical health as well. So, okay. sorry, ho hopefully that answered your question. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I absolutely did. And so, I mean, like you say, you there's, there's things that, you've lived like just like anybody but you've li you've lived through some things you've dealt with some traumas as you said you've battled mm -hmm. through Crohn's you've been through a real journey to get to where you are now mm -hmm. through all of those times through all those years before Crohn's and after what, what would you say is a mo that the, the you know the moment in your life when you realized like just something clicked and then after that moment the world was a different place that's a good question I feel like I've had a couple of those moments but Gosh, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I feel like the past uh, five years, right? So it's like I think about pre-Crohn's, Crohn's, and then like I think of this stronger, you know, woman. You know, I, I, was, I was like growing into like who I am now. And I would probably say... Oh man, see, like there's some really good epic moments that have happened on this journey. <laughs> but um, I would probably say, you know, 25, 26, where I'm at right now, you know, because I can look back on how far I've come and how much I've accomplished, how much I have told myself I can't do it because of my Crohn's disease. I was afraid to go back to school to get my master's because. I, I was struggling through my undergrad because I was in and out of the hospital so much. You know, I, I was stressed not only with school, but with 
family stuff, you know? So I was scared and I, 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 I put up a mental block. I was depressed. I was depressed for like a year and a half because I wasn't pursuing something that I wanted to do. So I feel like I've had this like collective of experiences and this wisdom and all these things that I've experienced. And I can now look back on everything and be like, you know what? I wouldn't have changed a thing because what I know now can, you know, give me purpose and I can help others, you know? So, so yeah. I think you may have just, you may have just answered the next question. <laughs> Sorry. But no, it's okay. It's okay. Cause mm-hmm. I still like to dig a bit deeper on it. Uh, so you said, you know, you mentioned the word purpose and it's a big a word that's very, very important to me and hopefully very, very, very important to the people who listen to the 23. So yeah, what would you say your purpose is? Well, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, like I said, I have a really big, um, you know, I have a big heart to help people. I, you know, it's like a heart of significance. You know, I want to make a significant impact in someone's life. Now, you know, I've been in the realm of speech language pathology and as I enjoyed that, but it wasn't my passion. And so I think that going down this path of marriage and family therapy is definitely a way I can make an impact in someone's life. And I, and I, I don't like sticking to one thing. So I like the fact that I can, um, you know, I can talk with my Crohn's community. I have an online platform. Um, you know, I will have my marriage and family therapy. And so I'm excited that like, I feel like I'm gaining a lot of knowledge through my marriage and family therapy program, you know, and I, I kind of want to integrate that into my platform as I learn more, you know, and I'm hoping that, you know, I can also make a difference by, you know, helping others through therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm going to use one of the phrase that fascinated you for, for a little while. What mm-hmm. sets your soul on fire, Jenna? <laughs> what sets my soul on fire? Yeah, I did post that a while ago. Helping people. I, I'm telling you, like, if I'm not in a profession where I don't help people, I get really depressed. I get really depressed. So if I'm not doing some kind of service that I enjoy doing, I get depressed. So that's what sets my soul on fire. Knowing that I made a difference in someone's life. You know, that person coming up to me and saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me or hey, and I've had this happen before, like in my group fitness classes or like when I used to coach gymnastics and I run into, you know, a mom and her kid at the store and I used to do privates with this girl, you know, private lessons. Um, you know, and just knowing, hey, you know what? You made little Sally's, you know, she, she really enjoyed you for, you know, two, three years. I just, I just want you to know that, you know, we'll never forget you because you helped her with this, you yeah. know? So that, that is what, you know, my life, you know, that's what my purpose is. That is what my purpose is. I want people to feel joy. I want people to feel love. You know, we all want to be appreciated. We all want to be seen. We all want to be accepted. Right. And yeah. so what better way um, to help people than, you know, to help them find, you know, what sets their soul on fire. You know, how can they be appreciated, seen and loved? You know, people need to know that they're worthy. So Jenna, do you know what? I think we might just have had a, had a first on the 23. I've just had a guest find their purpose on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. You just said it yourself. That's my purpose. To help people yeah. find joy. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know what is it's interesting and and the good thing about your purpose is that you are achieving it and I'll give you a, a fantastic example of 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 how. So the person that connected us or recommended me to you a guy uh, called Luke Scott who's a friend of mine. Uh he has followed you for quite a while on Instagram. Um and he spoke really high, highly of you in terms of the way that you inspire him and and also he actually was praising you for how unbelievably responsive you were as uh, on your Instagram account <laughs> because it's, you know, you know, lots of people have got plenty of followers. You're packing 20,000 now. Um, yeah. And, you know, not many people would make the time for meaningful responses. And that's not a criticism. Right. 
that's not a criticism of people with busy Instagram accounts at all. I understand that they serve different purposes for different people, but it is rare that somebody would take the time to to make that individual feel recognized and special. And I think Luke will be listening to this, no doubt, because I know he's told, already told me that he's looking forward to hearing. <laughs> yeah, I actually messaged him and thanked him for uh, connecting and, us. And, yeah. this is, uh, this is, and this is exactly it, I was about to say. And to the point where you actually personally message him to thank him for connecting the pair. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think you know, it's testament to, you, to your character and again, back, back to your heart, Jenna. And, it seems to me from an outsider looking in that's just had the pleasure of meeting you for the first time that you know you're well and truly on the path that you're supposed to be on so good thank luck you good to you thank you same well, to you thank and you. I, I can't wait to share this you know i really i seriously can't wait to share this uh with my following on instagram so this is yeah. it and i really appreciate you you know you sharing it because you know I said it to my listeners on the previous episode and i said i'll say it again you know i'm i'm just one voice as are you jenna but with our communities, the power of our voices increases exponentially. And it's right. all about sharing an opportunity. It could, like I said before on my previous episode, it could be a sentence, it could be a phrase, it could be a piece of advice, it could be a life lesson learned from somebody else's experience. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a source of inspiration to change someone's life forever. Absolutely. So we need to, you know, anybody listening to this again, share it with people that you think might like it share it with the people who think might be inspired by it share it with people who you think might just need that push just help people and you'll be surprised at the goodness that comes back into your life if you do that rant over sorry guys um but oh, that was great that was but, great but what i would love to do is to to thank you jenna for for the time for your insight for uh, giving an alternative option to people out there that maybe have never considered it or maybe wouldn't have the courage to to experiment with a, a different approach to um a severe illness like Crohn's um you know you've been really transparent and honest with your journey and I think uh, people can only respect and appreciate that so um I just want to say thank you really Jenna thank you I really appreciate you having me on today this is great this was really great I I, I honestly like I cannot wait to share this with my followers and I'm definitely going to check out um, more, more, uh, some of your previous podcasts as well. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll DM you the link. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, so for, for now guys, I'm Chris Kirkby. This is the 23. Thanks for listening. and I'll see you soon.